Okay, um, so today I'm going to be singing His Eyes on the Sparrow, and yeah, I hope you're blessed by it. <laughs> Oh. 
Thank you. Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke eleven nine to thirteen. So I say to you, ask, and it will. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And him who knocks, it will be opened. If a, if a son asks for bread for any from any father among you, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will you offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know you know how to give good gifts to, the, to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Thank you. Good morning and happy Sabbath. I was not expecting this gift from the church, so thank you for that. Uh, God has been really good. You know, as as the phrase says, God is good all the time. Indeed, He is. This morning... um, You know, we've been studying with a group... uh, this this subject, then I think it's become a burden in, in my heart because it's a subject that we, well, at least I don't hear it much from the pulpit, and I think it's very essential. We're talking about essential, right? Well, it's very essential in today's world. I mean, look around us. There's chaos, there's conflict, there's, in our nation, divided, and, and so we need the Holy Spirit. And it's our greatest need in today's world, in today's, and, and even in our heart. And I want to begin with, with a phrase here by a theologian. And before we start to, you know, before we get into the word and pray, uh, the subject today is going to be about God's greatest gift. And I want to start by this quote. It says, If the Holy Ghost were taking a, taken away from our church today, 95 of what we uh, do would not be what? And no one would what? The difference. It's powerful. It continues, If the Holy Ghost had withdrawn from the early church, then 95% of what they were doing would have what? Everyone would have what? The difference. Let us pray. Father in heaven, as we read this quote, um, we're far away, but thank you because you're so patient and so kind. Lord, as we tackle this subject that I, I believe that is so important for us, I pray that we may see the importance of asking for the Holy Spirit. 
Lord, anoint my lips and clear our minds from all distraction. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So Jesus has been walking around with his disciples. He has done miracles. And if you read a a, a chapter before chapter 11, Jesus sends out the disciples, actually and the 70, two by twos. And and he gives them the power to heal and to conquer and so forth. But we also see that in the book of Mark, this is mentioned. And there's something very interesting because there was a situation that the disciples could not take cannot go over, cannot defeat. And so Jesus comes into the picture. This is the book of Mark, and we're not going to go there, but I'm just kind of giving you a context of what was taking place. Uh, Jesus says to them, this type of situation must be defeated with fasting and praying. And so from that on, from there on, we see the disciples looking more at Jesus because this person is different. His, his, their rabbi, their teacher is doing things way different from what the norm was in that, in those days. You see, a rabbi would go to the, to, to his uh, new disciples and say to the, uh, I'm sorry, let me, let me backtrack here. The disciple, that person, so say if I wanted to be taught by a teacher in those days, I would approach the teacher and I would basically ask them, ask him, say, hey, can, can I be your pupil? Can I be your student? And so uh, that was the process. But we see in the Gospels that Jesus did it so differently and praise God for that. Jesus would go up to, the, to the, his, his students and he would say, you know what, follow me. I want to teach you things. Totally different. So they have this perspective that they've never seen before. They see that Jesus has power. And they ask themselves. The question they're asking themselves is, how can Jesus exercise such a great influence? This is where we get to Luke chapter 11. And they ask him to do one thing. Chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place. Remember, he, they're watching Jesus every step. They're seeing that he's, he, he's ordinary. They're seeing that he is different. And the, the verse keeps going, says, When he ceased... And, and, and it's interesting because this lets me know that Jesus is praying and they're not. They want influence like Jesus. They want the power like Jesus. But they're not praying like Jesus. That one of his disciples said to him. One of his disciples sees what's taking place and he says to him, Lord, teach us. To pray. Have you ever asked the Lord to teach you to pray? And so we know what takes place, and, and we read the Bible in chapter uh, verse two. Our Jesus begins, and He says to them, "Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it as it is in heaven. Give us uh, day by day our daily bread, and forgive us of our sins." 
For we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver, deliver us from the evil one. And I can see Jesus there and, and, and the disciples, and, and it seems like they didn't understand what Jesus was saying. And as Jesus always tries to do, and I love that about Jesus because every time he taught something, he would look at the crowd and he would say, they didn't understand. So let me tell them in, par- in a parable. So Jesus, knowing that he, they had not understood, you see, did the disciples really understand what Jesus said at that moment? If we keep reading the text, we find out that that they didn't really understand. So Jesus, trying to simplify, trying to get to their hearts and mind, tells them a parable. And today we're going to focus on this. And says, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, Lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me in in his journey. And I have what? Nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and, and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut. And my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give him, give him to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend. Yet because of who? Because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as, as many as he, as, he, as he needs. It's interesting because the culture in the Middle East, whoever came to your doorstep, whoever came into your home, you had to take care of their needs. And if you did not do that, that was, that was shameful to your family. This is why even today when we, when we see movies, well, uh, you know, of, of, of what's taking place, documentaries, they're still hospitable. Those people that are civilians in the Middle East, hospital to, to troops that go into their homes. And they protect them as much as they can because it is shameful in their culture to not protect that person who comes into your home. This person had nothing. He was looking, he had a friend coming over, he had, the Bible tells us he has what? He has nothing, and so when you don't have anything, you can't give anything. We're talking about prayer. He goes in. At the middle of the night, usually travelers in those days traveled in the evening because because of the situation with the hot sun, they didn't travel during the day. It was during the evening. And, and, but this, for some reason, this traveler, this friend of his, passed evening hours and decided to travel at midnight, got to his home at midnight. But the Bible tells us he doesn't want to be ashamed. He, he wants to show, uh, he wants to be a hospital, uh, hospitable guest. He goes to his friend. His friend denies him. But the Bible says because he persisted, what happened? He got what he needed. We ha- when we have nothing, you can't give anything. Jesus was telling the disciples, you want me to teach you how to pray? 
You want to be, you want to have power, you want to have influence. You cannot have influence, you cannot have power if you do not look for it. Even if you have nothing, by persisting, persisting, you can find what you're looking for. I think that's a fact. I remember uh, when when I was growing up, um, my parents made it that I would, if I wanted something, I would go ahead and, and, and get it for myself. And, you know, I never had a phone until I was 18. But I remember that I was 16, getting to the age, you know, where I was already working. And I was, make, I was working at a um, at food store and, you know, uh, shell, um, uh Packing up the food in, in the store, and I mean, to me, that you know, seven dollars, or I think it was six dollars at the time. To me, it was a lot. And, and and you know, I started working there, and 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 then I started saving up. I would, you know, as a kid, I, I didn't know about finances much, so I would waste it and so forth. And so I got a little more mature as as time came. And by the time I was seventeen, I was like, you know what? I, I need I need a phone. I want a phone. And so I saw all my friends, everyone would have a phone, and here I am, almost 18, and I'm, I don't have a phone. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to get a phone. And I worked hard for it. And God provided. And I got it. There is a, there's a fact. We work for what we want. And you see this phrase says, says even if you have nothing, by persisting, you, look, you, you get what you're looking for. See, Jesus was trying to tell his disciples something. You pray, because we know what happened when Jesus' last hours was taking place. They fell asleep how many times while praying? Three times. They had prayed. They knew how to pray, but they lacked persistence. But the Bible keeps going, and it tells us, it is until we recognize our what? Our desperate need of who? That we will go out of our way to ask with much persistence, like the man asking for bread. Do we have or do we understand our desperate need of the Holy Spirit? Have we realized how much we need of the spirits? There's chaos around our world. Now more than ever, we need the spirit of God. Luke keeps going and tells us in chapter 9, our scripture reading, and he, he, he sees that he, this parable is really not getting to, to them. His disciples are listening to, to G, what Jesus is saying. So he goes and he simplifies it even more. So I say to you, ask. Come on now. And it will be given to you. Seek and you will, be, uh, and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you for everyone who asks. 
receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give his, a, him a serpent instead of a fish? Jesus was telling them, ask. Ask. The reason why you don't have power is because you're not persisting and ask. And it's very interesting because the Greek, it's not something that you do today and you don't do tomorrow. It's this consistently asking and seeking and knocking for the Holy Spirit. Jesus was saying, you need to, we need to persist in asking for the Holy Ghost. As a church, have we asked? Have we persisted? Have we been like Habakkuk where, he, where we have said in our, on our knees, Lord, I will not move from this place until you answer me? Or have we prayed our usual prayers, which are not bad, but have we just said, okay, Lord, that's enough? More than ever today, we need the Holy Spirit. Why is it so important to persist? Let's look at what the Spirit of Prophecy tells us. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, uh, let's keep reading this, and then we go to the Spirit of Prophecy. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Jesus had started with the, the, the Lord's Prayer. He had gone to, to, to the parable, and now he's telling them to ask, but he's telling them, and he's pinpointing to the whole issue, asking for one thing and one thing alone. How much more will your heavenly Father give what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Jesus, and there was telling his disciples, you want to have influence, you want to have power, you want to be united, you want things to go the way God wants it to go, you need to ask for the Holy Spirit. That is my source of influence, Jesus was telling them. That is the source of our influence. But yet so little do we ask. Yet so little do we persist. As I studied this subject, I realized that I don't ask enough. In our church today, if it were to be gone, as I begin with the quote, our communities would not, will not see any different because we lack our most precious gift from heaven. But there is hope. And we'll get to it. Spirit of Prophecy tells us the very reason why we need to persist, and I love this. God does not say, well, ask once, and you shall receive. He bids us what? 
ask. Unwearingly persist in prayer. Come on. The persistent asking brings the petitioner into a more earnest attitude and gives him an increased desire to receive the things for which he or she has. There's a reason, a purpose for our persistence, because when that kid who, 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 who lacks food finally gets food, that kid will never forget that meal. And so when, when you need finances and God provides, you automatically, your faith keeps on growing. And so when you keep persisting and when you keep asking, Lord, give me of your Holy Spirit, and when he finally pours it in completeness, you will be able to appreciate that which is given to you. That is why we need to persist. Because many times we ask, and one time you receive something, and we don't appreciate it as much. We need to persist. Because by persisting, according to our spirit of prophecy, it it, 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 the petitioner, it, it brings the petitioner into a more, more earnest attitude. We want it more. We need it more. We realize it and gives him an increase or her a desire to receive the things for which he or she asks. Do we have that desire? Do we realize how much we need of the Spirit? It's interesting because when he's uh, giving him this, and it's important here, he uses the verb ask how many times here? Can you read this? Six times. He uses the verb seek two times. He uses the verb knock two times. Every time, these are action verbs. These are things, these are decisions you and I have to make. And my question for you all and for myself as I prepared this sermon was, how many times... Have you asked, have I asked for the Holy Spirit today? How many times this week? How many times this month? And so as I, as I thought about this, I saw that I lacked. And as I look around our world, I see that we lack. But there is hope. There's, there, was, there was a reason why Jesus was trying to get to their hearts. There was a reason for why he was telling them to persist. Because he is willing to pour all of the power that has been manifested in him to each and one of us. You see, when we read the Bible, there is things that we need. Things that God asks of us. He tells us we need a yearning for him for for God. We need to trust in God. We need a complete surrender to God. We fo- we need uh, to follow God in everything and we need to give up our way and do it and and do it in his way. All of these things cannot be done ourselves alone. In order for us to do these requirements that God is asking of us, we need the Holy Spirit. And this is why Jesus, looking at the picture, he says, I must go and give you a comforter. Someone who will convict you of sin, who will, who will bring you to repentance. He needs to come and I must leave. 
There is an importance of us asking for the Holy Spirit. Because without it, we will never yearn for God. We will never fully surrender to God. You see the importance? says all the expectations from God require a decision and help from who brothers and sisters the holy spirit is our are at it's in our disposal the holy spirit is willing to come into our hearts and our minds and power us give us Influence over our neighbors, our co-workers, our family, friends. But we lack the asking. We lack the persisting. William Booth. Not sure if many of you know who William Booth is. He's the founder of the Salvation Army. It said that he was converted in a Wesleyan chapel in England. And it's interesting because he did many things. He helped the poor. He established this Salvation Army organization that we know of today. I mean, he, he, he surrendered himself to the Lord. And where he converted, where, where he was, he was, in, he was at, in, in meetings of revivalist meetings. And, and, and the story goes that uh, wherever he was sitting at, uh, the revivalist called and, and, and prayed. And, and, and at that place where he sat at that moment, uh, years, years ago, there is a plaque that marks the site of a spiritual baptism. So when you go to this church today, you go to England, uh, to Nottingham, England. To the Wesleyan Chapel there, there's a plaque as you go in, there's a plaque that is there that marks his spiritual baptism. And many people go and tourists there and, and take pictures and, and so forth. As a consequence, leaders of his noble army periodically journey to Wesleyan Chapel, uh, the shrine of their movement, in hopes of recapturing the spirit of their of their illustrious founder. But one day, there was an elderly man. People kept coming over the years, took pictures in this location, and they would often say, wow, it would have been so good to be next to this founder of, of, our, organi of our organization. But one day, an elder, elder, elderly man came, dressed in the simple uniform of a street preacher to this historical chapel not knowing the environment and the culture that this plague had established over the years the street preacher came and asked the security guard there standing covering the plague can a man say his prayer in here? Of course you can, security replied. 
Whereupon the humble man, dropping to his knees at the very place where the plague was in that sacred spot, head erect and eyes closed, and a prayer was heard, Dear God, do it again. Dear God, do it again. Where are we in our spiritual life? Where are we in our walk with Christ? Have we neglected the Holy Spirit? Have we not persisted for the Holy Spirit? Just like this elderly preacher from the street. I pray as we go today, tomorrow, and this week, and this month, the year, and the year following, that every day we get in our knees and we exclaim, Dear God, do it again. The Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter 2. And out of that, 3,000 in one day were baptized. God said, you will do greater things than I. We see an example then. And God is willing to pour His Spirit among us. But remember, He said, ask, seek, and knock. Have you, have I, realized your need of the Holy Spirit? Well, you start asking for this precious gift. I've started asking for it. And I'm praying that each and one of us start asking for it. Constantly during our day. Because God, more than ever, is willing to do something great for us the power is there we just need and reach for it and God will be willing because he is willing with that let us pray Father in heaven when you were here on earth you told your disciples the importance of prayer and asking for your Holy Spirit Father, our church today may not have much influence because we have lacked one thing and is asking for your Holy Spirit. But Lord, there is hope because I see in Scripture that you are asking us to keep asking. That means if we didn't ask today, you want us to ask and keep asking. And so Lord, as a church, we're asking for your Holy Spirit. We're asking that you may anoint us with the mighty power of your Holy Spirit. So that way people can notice who you are in our community and through us. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.